Counseling Idleness on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. Today on the podcast, I have with me Pastor Keith Christensen. I'm so grateful for this brother and his work. At one of our training centers down in Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, uh, a thriving training center down in that area. He is the preaching pastor of Christ Fellowship Bible Church, recent church plant there in the northwest Fort Worth area. Keith's a certified ACBC counselor. He's been involved in training biblical counselors since 2016. And Keith and his wife have five children. Keith, listen, I'm I'm really glad to have you on today talking about this subject that maybe some people don't think about a lot, but this issue of being idle. So brother, thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now I want to get into this and I want to make sure that our listeners understand because they're, they're seeing this. We see this certainly in, if we want to talk about uh, manhood, particularly in the way it's mm-hmm. talked about today, an idleness of people and it being a problem. You can see this in a lot of different areas, I think. And, and sometimes you're seeing it pop up in the counseling room, as I'm sure a lot of our counselors are. I, I want you to first, let's define what in the world are we talking about here with this issue of idleness? Yeah, what I mean in the sense of needing to counsel idleness is the kind of thing that the Apostle Paul was addressing in Second Thessalonians 3, also in First Thessalonians. But Second Thessalonians 3 is the longest sustained treatment of idleness in the scriptures. And there Paul writes, Second Thessalonians 3, 6 and following, We command you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from any brother who is walking in idleness. For you yourself know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you. And here he defines what he's talking about here in his example. Nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with toil and labor we worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Now, such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. So idleness in this biblical usage is just an aversion to toil, labor, consistent work in a way that burdens other people. So putting off responsibilities, avoiding them, or just doing work poorly. Richard Baxter, the English Puritan, reminds us that idleness can be either duties omitted or duties sleepily performed. So I, I think both of those things encompass what I mean by idleness. And if, if I could add one more clarification there, I think it's important in Second Thessalonians 3, Paul doesn't say, if a man does not work, he shall not eat. He says, if anyone is not willing to work. So idleness is is about an unwillingness to work. And that's an important distinction because Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 that we need to admonish the idle. But he says we need to help the weak and encourage the faint-hearted. 
And sometimes people are not doing a lot of stuff because they're weak or faint hearted and they need help and encouragement and not the admonishment that's especially appropriate for the idol. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that distinction, that nuancing that you're giving there is really important. Sometimes we we sort of grab on to one specific truth and we want to just forget some of the other teachings of Scripture. We have to mold those things together, just as you did at the very end there. Now, as we talk about idleness, I think this is really important for a lot of reasons. I think the first reason is we're trying to recover biblical terminology in the problems that we see. And when we talk about, you know, this up-and-coming generation and, you know, men or, or women who are not doing the things that they're they're called to do, but supposed to do, men particularly in provision or you know, teenagers and, and being lazy and that sort of thing. God calls us here to address those issues, and we need to call it for what it is as opposed to it being labeled in, in some other format like adolescence or something like that. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we have to begin to return to a biblical description of these things. And I know some people might say, well, are we really, you know, having a podcast about this? I, I think this is an issue. This is something that we're seeing that's, that's growing. We uh, Paul certainly addresses it. In the scripture, so this is a part of our human nature, our human sinful disposition, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, this is a posture, this is a disposition, and, and we're seeing it grow in our culture. So, uh, talk about why biblical counselors need to be equipped for this. And and some some people might say, well, you know, we might see this in a microcosm or, or some sort of small sliver. Is it is this issue like really that bad? Yeah, that that's a good point. Hmm. You know, is this a serious issue? And and it is, and it. And it always has been. And think about the book of Proverbs. One of the dominant theme of the book of Proverbs is, is addressing diligent labor and the folly of the sluggard. How much does it talk about slothfulness? And, and the Proverbs illustrate for us, yes, how devastating the consequences of slothfulness can be. Now you think about like Proverbs 24, verse 30, where the writer says, I passed by the field of a sluggard, and it was all overgrown with thorns. The ground was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down. I mean, there, there are devastating consequences that come from a life of idleness. And, and here's it, it can be a, an insidious kind of sin struggle because it doesn't seem that harmful in the moment. As, as the, the writer of the proverb reflects on what led to this just devastation of life, this overgrown field, broken down wall. He says, I considered it and I received instruction, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Well, how bad is a little folding of the hands to rest? Mm-hmm. Right? So that that's the seduction of the sin of idleness is if you're not doing anything, idleness, Am I really doing anything that bad mm-hmm. by not doing anything? Mm-hmm. And actually, Baxter, again, his first direction for counseling the idol is before the first help against sloth is to be well acquainted with the greatness of the sin, for no wonder it be committed by them that think it's small. God himself reckons it with heinous sins. Mm. We, we could add other Proverbs, Proverbs 18, 9. Whoever is slack in his work is a brother to him who destroys. That's strong language, isn't it? I mean, not just consequences for yourself, but for others. Well, I mean, I I could heap up more, especially from the Proverbs. But yeah, it it is a a very serious sin. I mean, think about how strongly those exhortations were in 2 Thessalonians 3 that we read earlier. 
And and I guess I would also want to add that idleness is is and can be a breeding ground for other sins as well. Mm-hmm. And I could, if we had time, I could take you to various passages of scripture, especially in the Proverbs, and make a case that idleness can be connected with other very common struggles and and sins that are the dominant themes of our counseling ministries. Idleness can be part of of what is feeding or resulting from anxiety, fear, covetousness, bitterness, depression, sexual immorality, pride, gossip, other relational sins. I mean, idleness can be can be part of the mix. No single sin ever stands alone. Mm-hmm. And so even if you're not counseling idleness as the main presenting problem, it might be part of part of what you need to address to help someone walk in in more freedom and obedience in Christ. Yeah, I think that's a great connection that you're making. You're helping us to to understand it, it can it can be a, a primary issue or it can be one that that also is sort of a seedbed for other issues to grow. And and I think that this is the level at which we need to to think scripturally about these types of issues. And, and part of our blindness, if you will, toward these things is we have a tendency to be blinded towards that which is socially acceptable. And so our consciences are not properly pricked as Baxter would warn. And so we don't make it an issue that that we're fighting as much as we may fight some other, you know, what we view in our culture as being a heinous sin. So I, I think that's an important thing. And, and historically, what we've seen by the evil one is that's a part of his scheme is to attack places where we would socially, you know, be blinded. So I think that's an important thing. Now, you've talked about several passages so far, but but I want you to to, to bring us into your counseling room and as you're as you're dealing with people who who struggle in this particular way, what are some of those go to biblical texts that 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 do a couple of things? First of all, that help you to sort of build the framework, which you've talked about already, and then also that that help you to encourage or to counsel the person who is idle. Yeah. So so as you mentioned, certainly I'd want to use some of the ones already mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I think another really important one is to establish use texts that establish the idea of of sins of omission, James four seventeen. Whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So it is sin, and therefore will have negative consequences. Not only to do, speak, think, desire what is sinful, but is also sin not to do, speak, think, desire what is right. Mm. And that that is a very helpful concept for counseling the idol because. Idleness or laziness, by definition, is just a, a life full of ongoing sins of omission. And again, Baxter, if I could quote him again, he says, Idleness is not a single sin, but a continued course of sinning. An idle person is sinning all the while he is idle. And if we understand the category of sins of omission, then we understand what he's saying there. First mm-hmm. Thessalonians 4, I think, is helpful. That's when Paul first starts to address the Thessalonians in this issue of idleness. First Thessalonians 4, beginning in verse 9, he actually addresses idleness specifically in 4, 11, and 12. You need to live quietly, mind your own affairs, work with your hands, etc. But that's the continuation of a sentence where he's talking about brotherly love. In First Thessalonians 4, 9, concerning brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write to you, verse 10. We urge you to do this, excel in brotherly love more and more, and 
Then he says, to aspire to live quietly, to work with your hands so you're dependent on no one. So to excel in brotherly love requires repenting of idleness. I think this is also helpful to show people that that what you're dealing with in idleness is a failure to love others. And in my own struggle against idleness, this has been very helpful. Often I can negotiate with myself a little more folding of the hands to rest. But if I think who is who is being burdened by my choice to be idle right now, who am I failing to love right now? How am I, how could I excel in brotherly love right now? And instead of placing burdens on others, how can I get up under the burden of others by, by working diligently right now? I think that that's helpful. I think Colossians 2, 22 through 24 is helpful. That has kind of a put on that corresponds to the put off of idleness. And that says, whatever you do, work heartily for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. So you don't just want to put on work. You don't just want to put off doing nothing. You want to put on wholehearted work for Christ, whatever you do. Titus, I think Titus is a great book to use. If you remember in Titus chapter one, Paul says, he's writing to Titus who's in Crete. And he says, people in Crete are lazy gluttons. Mm -hmm. And then he says, one of your own poets says this, and they're right. (laughs) And and then he, he talks about how because of the grace of God that's come, that we can live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives because of what Christ did. And, and Christ redeemed us from lawlessness, including the lawlessness of laziness, to purify for himself a people who are zealous for good works. And, and Titus has that emphasis throughout. So I think Titus is good especially to show how the gospel is up to the task, the work of Christ to turn lazy sinners into grace-driven people who are zealous for good works. That, those are some that I would commend to counselors. So I want us to, to, to demonstrate procedurally how this works, right? So we start with the scriptures where we see the scriptures describe some sort of problem. Now we're getting a, a good biblical view of the way the scriptures teach about this in terms of things that we like doing remedially, how we come out of this in what we should be pursuing, how we put off and put on that sort of thing. And now we want to take those passages and how do we apply them? How do we put them into practice in the counseling room? So I want you to share, if you can, a few practical suggestions for counseling idleness. And again, we're coming full circle. We start with passages of Scripture and from that flow how we would counsel. So I think this is demonstrating methodology for us as well. So help us there, Keith. Sure, I'll I'll give uh, just a couple ideas to give you a start. I guess it coming from the understanding that that this is first and foremost a sin against God, sins of omission, in addition to direct transgressions of of scriptures that, that talk about idleness and warn against it. So so teach counselees to respond to idleness in repentance toward God. Confess it with godly sorrow, ask for forgiveness, trust in the grace that God offers in Christ for forgiveness, and trust in the grace that God offers in Christ for power to change. Believe and and talk to God in prayer about this, that because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, I am dead to the sin of laziness and alive to God to bear fruit for him. And and likewise, if, if laziness is a failure to love, teach them to repent towards, to seek forgiveness from those they have sinned against by their idleness, probably especially their family members, but maybe also co-workers, patterns of idleness that have brought negative consequences to others and burdened them. 
teach them they need to ask forgiveness from others for that. And that that not only is just the right thing to do, but it but it reinforces this this hard understanding that that we were created to work for the sake of blessing others. That's how we glorify God and image God in work. Um, but it also reinforces that First Thessalonians four mindset that brotherly love requires working diligent labor. I, I think also specifically, you know, you heard some of the language in. Second Thessalonians three about those who were not busy at work, but were busy bodies and the same kind of thing. It's interesting. You talked earlier about this idea of idleness being a problem, especially vis-a-vis the teachings of what is biblical manhood. Well, in first Timothy five, Paul says, I I'm talking to younger women. I'm, I want younger widows to marry so that they don't become idle and don't become busy bodies. So men, men and women, but, but I I think you could kind of create a a list of practical things you're tempted to do to make yourself busy with instead of fulfilling the responsibilities that, that God has given you. And, and then consider how you might make no provision for the flesh in relation to that busy body list that, that you created of activities you run to, to, to run away from whatever responsibilities God has called you to fulfill. You could also require people to make a schedule for themselves, an hourly schedule, provide accountability for that. You could require people to make just a simple to-do list of daily responsibilities to prioritize those, not based on what's easiest, but based on what really needs to be done most and ask them to move through that list prayerfully independence on the grace of God and provide very regular accountability for them. Those, those are a few, at least starting places. Obviously there could be more that was said, but. That's great, brother. This has been so helpful. And I think what's going to happen is we all walked in a dark room together and all of us have been sort of blinded by maybe ways that we've, we ourselves have been idle and you're flipping on the light and you're helping us to see according to scripture. And and I encourage our counselors, the ones who are listening, to pay attention and, and to notice the way the Bible describes these problems. It, it is sufficient in helping us to see and diagnose, and then also giving us the beauty of the remedy of how we repair these things, which are part of our nature. And and all of us, male or female, old or young, we can struggle with this particular issue. Thank you, brother, for bringing this to our attention. It's been great. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Wow, unbelievable, Keith, on how you handled that idea of idleness masterfully. And it's really amazing to me how much we all struggle with some of those things, especially with the conveniences that we have in the U.S. and and how it continues to remove our focus from the things of the Lord. And uh, we want to continue to put out helpful resources like what we've talked about today. And we've tried to do some of that in written form as well, not just in blogs, but also in in booklets. Last year, we released a whole series, Biblical Solutions booklet series, that we pray is being helpful to churches. We tried to target counselors specifically. And I want you to know that if you're at a church and you think, man, we would love to have some resources like that that talk about issues like idleness, where we're trying to help counselors, help counselees in the process of dealing with some of these sinful difficult issues in their life, reach out to us. I think this is a a good thing that we're producing. We've had really good feedback where churches have benefited from utilizing these booklets. Our intention is to continue to release more. I'll even give a foreshadowing. We, We plan to release some 
at this year's upcoming annual conference to add to that stash of booklets that we think has been helpful to counselors. So I want you, if you're a part of a church and you do counseling ministry, you can go find out about our Biblical Solutions booklet series at biblicalcounseling.com.